Was that a spectacular picture of your bride or what there, Lauren? They all are. You are one. Yeah, they all are. You are one blessed Jose, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, today we are continuing our series on family values. Now, the family values we're talking about as we go through this for five weeks, starting last week, are Arbor's family values, not your nuclear family values. So we're not going to be talking about how to raise godly children or your marriage or your finances or things like that. This is about the family values of Arbor Church and its members or its people, its congregants. And here's kind of what we would conclude this with. Here's the objective is that our family values, what they are, is how we grow and develop people to help people find and follow Jesus. So we say often that we are, as a family, people helping people find and follow Jesus. And we do that together as part of the body of Christ. So we've laid out five different uh, values that we say, man, we, these are really important to us as a family in Arbor. And here's what they are. I'd like you to read them with me if you would. Live invitationally, engage consistently, grow spiritually, give generously, and serve sacrificially. Yeah. Last week we noted that uh, the acronym of those is legs, or the acrostic is legs, right? We talked about what great legs some people have, but uh, we won't go into that this morning or show any pictures. So, uh, but today we're talking about engaging consistently as we follow Jesus, all right? So let's uh, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us while we talk about this. Lord, thank you for your word and that your word is clear and that you speak through it to us. So this morning, I am praying that you would do that to everyone who is here, to those who are watching online, to anyone who would listen to this, that you, Holy Spirit, would minister to them your words and your truth so that it would impact them where they live and in their lives in their particular situation. Thank you that you have the incredible ability to do that. We praise you for that and expect it now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we do a weekly podcast here that's called the Follow-Up Podcast. It airs on Wednesday mornings. If you've uh, not had a chance to follow it or to look at it, you can find it any place where your favorite podcasts are at or online at arborchurch.com. And what it is, we call it the Follow-Up Podcast because it usually, not always, but usually follows up on whatever was talked about on Sunday and uh, the past Sunday. So uh, we, we'll, we'll engage in those kind of things, and sometimes it's really worth listening to. Sometimes is the key word. Uh, then again, sometimes you kind of go, okay, that was kind of an interesting deal, but no, whatever. But last week as we were talking about our family values on the podcast, you know, I was, I was saying how much I appreciate us being able to share this together because it is so foundational to who we are. So that once we all get this as a family, it really helps connect us and, and tie us together in a more effective way. But I also expressed a real concern. And the concern is this. When you start looking at things like this, the attitude that we can come to if we're not careful is, oh, I have to do. Well, these are more things I've got to do. And, and, and if you have that mindset as we're talking about this, you would miss the real intent. Because it's not about more of what you have to do. It, it's, it's more about who you are becoming. Do you see the difference between those two? 
I know you have masks on, but you may say yes or no. If you don't see the difference, let me re-explain it again. Uh, so we're talking about I have to do, or really I'm doing things to become more like Jesus, not to check them off on a list. Now do you see the difference between the two? Good, good, good. Okay, so this series is not so much about what you have to do, but it is more about who you are becoming. So as you listen to this, as we go through it, be thinking about that. Lord, what out of here do I need to engage about who you want me to become? Because I want to become more and more like you, Jesus, every day. And when you do that, it will impact your lifestyle. So engaging consistently will impact what you become. It will make a big difference in that. Now, I know that by now you know how much I love questions because I like to make sure that you're thinking along with me. So let me ask you the question, why is it important for us as followers of Jesus to engage consistently in the way we follow Jesus? Anyone? Growth. Growth. Good reason. Others? We're called to. That's right, Pete. Yeah. Anything else? To be an example. Yes. So, so you see, it it's becomes part of our lifestyle. What's interesting to me about engage consistently is it's the only one of the five values that we have that, that really very intentionally impacts the other four. In other words, it's how we carry out the other four. So watch this. You should engage consistently in how you live invitationally, which we talked about last week, inviting people into our lives and so forth. You should engage consistently in how you grow spiritually and how you give generously and how you serve sacrificially. Do you see that? So if we, if you engage consistently in applying the other four values of our Arbor family, then guess what? Your beliefs will actually turn into a lifestyle. So I want to suggest to you today that engaging consistently turns our beliefs into a lifestyle. Now I'm going to state that as absolute fact. Here's a suggestion. Anytime someone states something like that, that they present as actual fact, can I suggest that you think immediately in your mind a couple of questions. The one, the one question you want to ask is this, is it really true? Is it really true? It was presented to me as though it is true, so is it really true? And if we're talking about a spiritual principle, then the second question is, where in the Bible does it demonstrate that it's proof? That it's true, I mean. So the scripture should prove that it's true if it is true. So where is that at in the scripture? And then the third question would be, if it is true, what difference does it make for me? How do I apply it to my life? So we'll start out with the scriptural basis for it. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verse number 42 to 47 as that. But let me give you a quick background first. Here's what's happened prior to this scripture. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and, and he has told the apostles, he said, now listen, when the Spirit comes upon you, then I want you to go out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world and to share the gospel with everyone. 
but wait until the Spirit comes upon you. So in Acts 1, in the first part of 2, we see that the Holy Spirit came upon them. They started speaking in different languages. They started telling everyone about the good news of Jesus. And then they all began to listen to Peter preach this sermon. Part of that sermon, a little tiny piece of that sermon, is in the first part of chapter 2. And Peter preaches this amazing message that the Holy Spirit gives him. And people are just, are, they're just cut to the quick. They just see themselves in their own guilt and they come to Jesus Christ to be saved. And it says about 3,000 of them got saved and baptized that day. And that's the kind of preaching I'd like to do. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, 3,000 of them come to Christ and get baptized that day. Now, as we come to verse 42, here's what it's going to show us. The lifestyle that those new believers were demonstrating. It's how they lived, okay? So Acts 2, verse number 42, I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship or to their numbers those who were being saved. This piece of scripture is one of the places that gave birth to Arbor's family values. You'll see them pop up in here. Let's look at it again and look for where the values pop up together, okay? Verse number 42. All the believers devoted themselves. Devoted there means that they were consistent with it. It was a commitment to it. So that demonstrates the value that we have of engaging consistently, which we're talking about today. And then it says, and to sharing in meals and the Lord's Supper. So that has the values of giving generously and serving sacrificially. And to prayer, there again we see the value of growing spiritually. The, we go on to read, they worship together at the temple each day. There you have engaged consistently that value and the value of growing spiritually, worshiping together in the temple. And they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And there we have the values of giving generously and engaging consistently. So you can see that when you engage consistently, God's family is more effective. We become more effective. And, and it's your beliefs that you are taking and you make them active and then they become a life-changing part of you. That's why I said engaging consistently turns our beliefs into a lifestyle. Now, that's fairly easy to understand on an intellectual level. You can see it, can't you? You can see the need of it. You see how the, it kind of follows itself out, so it seems like the logistical answer to a problem that we might have. We can even see how it can change our lives. However, if you don't do it, then actually nothing changes. Instead, it, it actually raises a question, doesn't it? 
do they, do they really believe? I mean, they don't act like it. Are they really engaged? The Apostle James wrote about people like that, and this is what he said in James 1, verses 23 to 25. For anyone, if anyone, is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like or what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So you see where engaging consistently turns our beliefs actually into a lifestyle? So here's what I would say about that. You can hear and not do. You can actually believe and not do. James is saying here, if you persevere, in other words, if you engage consistently in what you are doing, it will show up in who you are and in how you live. If you don't do it, then the question is, do you really believe? Let me, let me give you an example. Uh, have you ever known someone who is doing something that, you know, it's a, it's a good habit, and you watch them and you think, man, I, I, I should be doing that. And, and you're not really, you know you're not doing that, not like you should be doing that, but, but, but you, you tell this person how much you appreciate how you can see them doing that. And then, you know, and then them, like a good friend, starts to realize that you're not, so they tell you how you should. And then they remind you that you should be doing that, you know, and it's kind of annoying, you know, in truth. You know anybody like that? Don't look around. <laughs> Don't look around. But somebody who, who's, who's that way, you know, and, they're, and, they're, and, 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 and it just kind of, it just points out to you that, that you really aren't doing it the way that you should do it, you know, and, and, and man, those people sometimes, they can get on your nerves. And you might know of somebody that does that for you. You actually, most of you, know someone who does that to me. Now, if you think I'm going to out them right now, you are absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, there is someone most of you know who does that to me, and he is the director of our student ministries. His name is Brian Cobley. <laughs> yeah, you know what he does? He works out all the time. He actually has this thing called the mirror that helps him work out. I don't know how it does it, but he's told me about it, and he's told me how much it helps him work out and be consistent about it. And then he tells me how much I ought to do that. I already know that. <laughs> but I still don't do it like Brian does it. And yet, I'm going to tell you something. Here's what I do know. I know the benefits of that. I know that if you work out consistently, if you engage consistently in physical activity, you will actually feel better. You will actually sleep better. You will actually be more productive. For goodness sakes, you'll probably even be better looking. <laughs> I know all of that. And yet, I don't always do that. Even like I'd want to do that. And if, and, and, if I, and, and if I was holding myself out, as I kind of am right now to some small extent, I'm saying, I, I actually know about this stuff. I could actually suggest that you do this. 
And I suggest that you pay attention to it and you engage consistently in it because it's going to be so much better for you. And wouldn't you be right in saying, um, wait a minute, Cliff, are you doing it? Hmm. So we're talking about our family values today at Arbor. And we're saying it's an, it's an important family value to us that we engage consistently in following Jesus. Hmm. But if we're not demonstrating that, you see, it's engaging consistently that makes a believable lifestyle. Or let me put it this way. It's engaging consistently that makes a believer's lifestyle believable. Do you see that? Again, I want you to notice it's more about who you are becoming than what you are doing. Remember that. Because then you, the reason for you doing these things is, is appropriate. The reason for you doing them is what God's calling you to do. If you're doing it as a task list, then you're going to wind up becoming pharisaical and telling somebody else how they ought to be doing like you and everything else. But instead you want to be saying, no, 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 Lord, I, I want to do what you want me to do because I want to be more like you. It's about who you are becoming. You see, I believe... And all those benefits of working out. But in order to turn my beliefs into a lifestyle, I actually have to do it, don't I? Because today, if we're talking about the benefits of physically working out and why you ought to do it and how, I, I would suggest to you that, well, let me ask you this question. How many of you would think Brian is a more reasonable source to talk about that than me? You can raise your hands. I am taking notes, but uh, yeah, sad, isn't it? It would be, that, that would, my goodness, you mean, you mean to tell me you'd believe Brian more than me? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well spoken, Brian. Uh. <laughs> With good reason. With good reason, right? Hmm. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I do work out just for that. I just want you to know I run from evil very frequently. I wrestle with temptations, and I am known to be jumped to conclusions, so I get a lot of exercise. Uh, so you want some other scriptures. Here they are. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Acts 1.14. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Paul writes to the Christians in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, constantly, without ceasing, uh, always. These are words of consistency, aren't they? Hebrews three thirteen. you must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as we believe, as we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. In other words, his inheritance is ours. Every day, faithful, engaging consistently. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. 
For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Jesus is saying, take it up daily. Did you hear that? That little phrase with Jesus' statement to his disciples, engaging. He's telling us to practice the art of engaging consistently. He gets that being transformed to become more and more like him is a daily exercise. God wants us to work on consistency because he knows that's what it takes to be transformed. Engaging consistently is a constant daily exercise. I asked our staff who they thought of at Arbor when they thought of this family value of engaging consistently, and they, they didn't even hardly think about it. They just started throwing some names out to me, and, I, and I'll tell you some of the names here. They, they named Darcy and Karen and Mike and Lisa and Amanda, Catherine, Austin, Kelly, Kyle, Chris, Jonathan, Jeff, Trevor, and and. If I didn't say your name, don't get uptight about it, okay? I mean, they gave me a bunch of names. I was writing as fast as I could. But, but here's the thing I want to tell you about those people. It shows. It shows. It's evident. It shows when a belief is actually becoming a lifestyle. It's not just talk. A while back, I got into a discussion with some friends about different Bible translations, and one of my friends said, uh, man, I love the old King James. I grew up on it, and I just love the, that old English. It's just There's something about it that's sweet to me. And another friend said, I like the ASB, the American Standard Bible, because it's more literal in the way it follows from passage to passage. I really like that. And my, one of my other friends said, I love the Amplified Bible, because it has so many extra words to describe things. I actually like to memorize from it. Now, that one blew my mind, but that's what he said. And I said, you know, I think the translation I like best is my mom's. They said, what? I said, my mom's translated the Bible, almost every page of it, into her life. And do you know something? That's the one that speaks loudest and clearest to me. I want to be like that. I I want my life to be that kind of convincing translation. But I cannot do it, friends, without engaging consistently with the Word and with Jesus in my life. Engaging consistently turns our beliefs into a lifestyle. We talked about, as a staff, I asked, asked so who's, who are good biblical examples of this? And different names came up, you know. Um, Allison mentioned the women who followed Jesus and actually contributed to the ministry and supported them. And someone else mentioned Moses and someone else mentioned Joshua. But the one I kept coming back to was Daniel. I want to encourage you to read the first six chapters of Daniel this week. It won't take you long. There's some amazing historical rendition stories of what happened in Daniel's life. But Daniel, man, he was so consistent in the way he did those things. Uh, He was taken captive when he was a very young boy, probably a very young teenager, and exiled out of Israel into the foreign nation of Babylon, never to return home again his entire life. And yet he lived a consistent life with God. He, he, he was engaging consistently in his walk with God throughout the entire time that he lived in Babylon. A nation that was decidedly ungodly 
And yet he lived a godly life in it. And over his lifetime, Daniel served in four different political regimes, some of them quite different. I mean, one nation actually taken over from another nation, and he still ended up serving them. And, and, And so we can learn a lot from him. By the way, this is not our study for today, but I would encourage you to look at how Daniel dealt with a hostile environment to his faith when he responded and how he responded to that. It's something that could be very informative for you and I today in our particular environment. What I found interesting about that is in all those four regimes, and Daniel was engaging consistently in his walk with God, and he was praying to God all the time, God never changed the government or changed the governmental laws in a way to favor Daniel and what he might have wanted. And that told me something. It told me that engaging consistently requires adapting to new environments, doesn't it? Oh yeah, we just went through that, didn't we? We just have been in the process of going through a pandemic. We're wearing masks today still because it's still there. We've had to adjust significantly. Well, if we're going to engage consistently in our walk with God, we will have to adjust to new environments in order to continue to do that. And this won't be the last one. There will be other ones that we will have to to adapt to as well. So Daniel arrives in Babylon, chapter 1 of the book of Daniel, and he wanted to be set apart so that he could engage consistently with God and honorably, and he wasn't very pleased with the food, with the menu items, because the food that they were given to them as captives had all been offered to idols, and he didn't want that food. In fact, he was so desperately didn't want that food, he actually decided he'd rather be a vegetarian, which does take something in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. Uh, So Daniel asked And notice, he didn't require, he didn't demand, he asked. And God granted him favor in that, and God granted him favor in how he processed that. It wasn't just a belief for Daniel, it was a lifestyle. Engaging consistently turns our beliefs into a lifestyle. And then, and we don't know how long after that, when he first got there to Babylon, that the king there, King Nebuchadnezzar, had a dream. And he could not, and he wanted the dream interpreted for him, but he didn't want to tell his wise men what the dream was. So he said, tell me what the dream is and interpret the dream. And of course, they said, we can't do that. And he said, well, if you don't, I'm going to have you killed. And so chapter two, you can read about Daniel getting together with his friends and praying together. Isn't it great how God wants us to pray together? He wants us to come together. And God answers their prayers. They're saying, God, would you show us what the dream was and would you give us the interpretation of the dream? And God does it. He gives it to Daniel. So Daniel's able to go to King Nebuchadnezzar and say, here is what you dreamt and here is the interpretation of that dream. And a result of it was he was rewarded and given freedom to continue his lifestyle of following God, engaging consistently in that. It was a natural extension of his beliefs. And then, in Daniel chapter 3 and 6, we read of two instances when they actually participated in civil disobedience. They actually said, no, we're not going to do that. In the one instance, in chapter 4, they were told to worship something that was not God. And then in chapter 6, Daniel and others were told not to worship God and what they should worship. So Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they believed in following the laws of the created, that's the laws of men, as long as the laws of the created, the laws of men, did not get in front of the laws of the creator of God. 
So what happened when they said is, hey, we don't want you to be able to do that, they realized that, that engaging consistently, they had to make an intentional decision. Intentional decision as to how they were going to respond to this. Engaging consistently is an intentional decision. So now, here's what happened in the first one. In chapter 4, Daniel's friends are told to bow to a false god. And in Daniel, Daniel 3, excuse me, I said 4, it's 3. In Daniel 3, verse 15, King Nebuchadnezzar is talking to the, the, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he says, I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Wow. Both Daniel and his friends give us great examples of engaging consistently in their walk with God. Their beliefs had become their lifestyle. It's how they lived regardless of the circumstances or the pressure around them. And so, well, you have to read the rest of the story. You can find it in Daniel chapter 3. And then Daniel chapter 6, we move on, is the, the story that all of you have heard at one time or another about Daniel in the lion's den. And it shows us the epitome, the absolute clarity of engaging consistently in a walk with God. And it starts by reminding us what kind of man Daniel was, what kind of lifestyle he had, who he was becoming in God. Daniel 6, verse number 3. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. <laughs> what a great conclusion! Wouldn't you love to have people conclude that about you, about us? That, 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 listen, they are so consistent in their walk with God, they're so consistent that you can't get them on any issue of integrity, of honor, of effort, or of lifestyle. You can't get them on that. The only way you're going to be able to get them is to be able to get after the reason that they engage so consistently. We've got to be able to subvert that to be able to get to them. Man, I would love for people to say that about me. Wow, he loves God so much. You can't get him on anything else. And they did. They came up with a new law, a new rule that said, you know what, for 30 days, King, because you're so cool, let's make people only worship you and no one else for 30 days. And that's what they did. Daniel intentionally ignored the law. 
He didn't even try and keep it a secret. In verse 10 of chapter 6, we read, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. I want you to notice some key words in here. He knelt down. Would you put that scripture back up again real quick? Thank you, officer. He, he knelt down as usual. He was engaging consistently. This wasn't something he did brand new to go, hey, oh, the king wants me to do that? Everybody wants me to do that? No, I'm not going to do that to them. Forget them, man. No, it's as usual. I'm not going to change what I'm doing. And the windows are open. As a little kid, I can remember hearing the story, don't open the windows, don't open the windows. Keep the windows closed so at least they don't know you're doing it. Hide. But Daniel says, no. This is the way I've done it before. This is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to engage consistently with God. Three times a day, that's consistent. He did that. Just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. What an example of engaging consistently. Man, I can hear that old Sunday school song. Maybe a few of you know that too. It goes back in a little ways. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. A firm purpose, a belief that becomes a lifestyle. That's what it means to engage consistently. And I'll, tell, I'll give up the story here. Daniel does get thrown into the lion's den and God actually protects him, right? But you can go back and read it anyway. Engaging consistently turns our beliefs into a lifestyle. So what's that look like at Arbor? I think Paul, the Apostle Paul, gives us a great description. He wrote to some Christians in Rome, in Romans chapter 12, verse number 10, and he described what this would look like to engage consistently within a family of believers like we are. And here's what he wrote. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. What an incredible list that he's laying out here of saying this is what it'll look like when everybody decides to engage consistently in becoming more and more like Jesus. He says, man, they're going to diligent, fervent, serving, patient, persistent, sharing. What a bunch of great things. And I think, man, that is so much. Paul, thank you for that. Thank you for those guidelines. Thank you. For that. But he doesn't stop. He keeps going. In verse 14, he says, bless those who persecute you. Oh, this is getting ridiculous. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. And do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what's honorable in everyone's eyes. And if possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone.
What a great picture of a family engaging consistently in their walk with Jesus, becoming, in the process of becoming, more and more like him. Engaging consistently turns our beliefs into a lifestyle, a lifestyle that reflects Jesus to others and gives him incredible glory. One day, one step at a time. So he's saying to us, would you engage consistently in your walk with me? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for examples like Daniel. Man, we are just, we're all at once thrilled and we are <laughs> a little bit intimidated by that. Thank you that you speak to us through your word. And, and this morning, Lord, as we've talked about these different things, as we've seen what it means to do that, to be engaged consistently for you in our walk with you, you may have brought things to our mind that would help us to do that in a better way to become more like you. So I pray that you would minister to each one of us, give us the strength and courage we need to step out into that, to make good habits in that. And may you get glory because we've done that. May you be honored at Arbor and well beyond because of the things that we do to engage consistently in our walk with you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you have thought about this and, you need, and you're thinking, man, I'd like to do that, but I have got some things that stand in the way. I want to encourage you to come up for prayer afterwards. There'll be people up here on my right, your left, that would love to pray with you. Ask God to help you show, show you how to do those things and, and what to do. And we're going to continue worshiping right now. And I'm going to ask you to stand as we do and, and give you God's blessing before we go to singing, okay? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you to give you his peace and his strength so that you can engage consistently in your walk with Jesus. And all the people said, amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.